Welcome into the Real Show podcast brought to you by Perfume Time Houston. What's Perfume Time Houston? That's my dad's place out in Harwin, 8,000 Harwin. If you are paying retail prices for your perfumes, colognes, watch battery replacement, uh, watches, you are getting ripped off. How about you go to my dad, pay wholesale prices? And, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are always worried about that. Like, what? It's in Harwin, so it's probably fake. No, it's not. Dad's been there for almost 30 years now, so you know he has a great product. He will hook you up with the best prices. If you go in there and mention the Reheal Show, he's going to give you a little extra discount on top because I never pay full price, so neither should you. All right, you get in there, you tell him, hey, you heard it right here with Reheal. He will give you a great price. In fact, some of our coworkers went there uh, earlier this week. They saved a bunch of money. So why wouldn't you want to go in there and save money? Also, look them up, Perfume Time. Houston on Google or give them a call 713-782-0030. You can also call them up and ask them if they have certain perfumes, colognes. So you don't have to make the drive in if you're out in Pearland or something like that. They will uh they'll set you straight. They'll let you know that hey, yeah, we got this. They don't all your big names, Polo, anything. They got you. They got you. I know everyone loves Polo. The the men love Polo. You Chris look like a guy that wore Polo cologne. <laughs> I have some Polo cologne. I still got some Polo shirts. Okay? Yeah. I'm a Polo guy. You're a polo guy. You're yeah. all in on polo. Yeah, I'm a polo guy. Okay, cool. Uh, the other one, htowndental.com, htowndental.com. Four locations across the city of Houston. Dr. Ramzanali and his partner, Bobby, they're doing great things. Guys, uh, if you know somebody that you know doesn't have dental insurance, they will take care of them. They'll put them on uh, a great payment plan that benefits them, not, not the doctors, okay? My brother's all about helping out as much as he can. And if you go in there and mention the Raheel Show, you will get a free cleaning and x-rays. Boom. Just like that. Just mention the Raheel Show. HtownDental.com is where you need to go. HtownDental.com and book your appointment and check out all the locations right there on HtownDental.com. All right, let's do this bad boy. Chris Taylor is in the house, former NFL Running back, current SB Nation producer, and all-around good guy. Part two of the interview, we had you on earlier. We being the show. I'm now a we. I hate it when people do that. Well, you make it seem like it's 60 minutes, part, yeah. part two of the interview. It is. To me, it is like 60 minutes. Somebody said, uh, one of my friends, she was listening, and she's been listening to me since college. Mm-hmm. So she used to listen to me when I did the student radio station, um, when, I, when I did a show on there called The Longhorn Roundup. So it was a two-hour morning show that I would get up at like 6 a.m. to get to the studios and do and she would listen live she was like one of two people that listened to me it doesn't matter that's who you're doing it for that's, one I, person I'm I was doing it I was doing it for me I'll be honest with you I was like I'm just trying to build tape up here yeah. I, it would be Chance McClain who at the time was at six uh sports radio 610 and her and they them two would be the only ones listening and even Chance I would have to send him the podcast link uh, for him to listen, because I was trying to get a job. I was like, I need to work at 610 <laughs> at the time, right? So uh, she was listening to the podcast, and she said, wow, this feels, this is like 60 minutes or an Oprah almost, where you're just like grilling people. I said, no, I'm just, I get interesting people that people I like. Don't set me up here. No, I'm not yeah, setting you yeah, up. Don't set me up, because I know, I know, Chris, I know what you do with, you, I know what yeah. you do with Granado. You try to set people up. Don't, it's don't so do. funny. Like, it's two totally different people on air. When I'm doing the Granado stuff, it's like I'm, I look, I'm having fun. I'm relaxed. But when I'm doing this, I'm interested in like I want to know what drives Chris Taylor. I want to know your life after the NFL. We had Russell Ibarra on yesterday. He's he founded Gringos. He's the man in, 
behind gringos and chimichangas. See, I wish you would have told me that because you came in and introduced me to them. Yeah. But you didn't tell I'm a gringos guy. Aren't you? Yeah. Nice, Everyone is. Good price, good food. I mean. So good. Should have told me, man. I, I know. Could have got a franchise going on. Dude, he's a, he's a beast. Brother. He's a beast, man. Like, he started the first one after several failures. And then he just kind of stuck to it, figured out, like, look, we're going to treat everyone right. We're going to create a family atmosphere. Next thing you know, he has, like, 14 uh, other locations, I think 10 Jimmy Changas. That's a that's a cool thing, man. See, and with a lot of people, they feel like that, you know, they see these successful people, and they feel like, oh, man, they you know, they're so successful. You know, how do they do it? But they don't realize they failed so many times before. Yeah. And, I mean, and Michael Jordan has said, you know, he's, he's failed over and over and over again. But but that's how you succeed. You know, you learn from your failures. Yeah, we're in a fascinating time where the success stories are brought up and the headlines are out there and it's so much fun. Like, wow, look at this guy or this comedian or this actor. Look at this great thing he did and he's an overnight sensation. But what we forget is that there is a struggle, like you mentioned, that it takes time. Yeah, It takes time and patience to be the best at what you do or to find success or whatever you define as success. But because we're in a time where it's a headline society, you don't even think about that. Yeah. You don't think about all the off-season workouts. You don't think about every waking moment you're watching film or looking at plays or you're managing little – you're putting out little fires mm-hmm. in your business, right? You just think about, oh, look, he's here. Yeah. Wow, he has, a, he has a successful franchise. And that was one of the things we talked about because a lot of college students do watch this show and podcast is stick to it. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not it, it, whether you're in sports radio, uh, you're in uh, just a B two B, you are in a storefront, whatever it is. It's not going to be overnight. No, it's not going to be overnight. And and like you said, you, you're going to have failures, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean quit or that that doesn't mean get down, man. Man, I can't, I can't just look at it. Take it as a positive. Yeah, take it as a positive. Uh, I know for me, you know, being an NFL player, you know, I came in the league undrafted. So really, that was a letdown right there. I could have easily said, I saw so many guys come in and as rookies and just quit. I yeah. can't, I can't do it anymore. But for me, I, I, I respected the grind. I, I loved the grind because once I actually got a chance to get that reward, it was so much more fulfilling. Yeah, that's so, a good point. You gotta, you gotta love the grind. You gotta respect that gradual buildup. Yeah. Of becoming better, and there's a bigger payoff. I think whether it be on-field performance in your business, you're building it on a solid base. Russell brought up a good point yesterday is if you do find success early, you're not built on a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. You're built on hype. You're built on something that will fall apart very quickly. So as much as we like the overnight sensation without the buildup, it's not a good base for young people. It's not a good base for anybody. Honestly, even when I started sports radio, I see, I look around, and, you know, I'm 22 at the time. Right out of college, just my first job. So there's a, there's an ego factor that comes with that. You're like, oh, look at me. I'm already in Houston, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then you look around and you see guys like Granado and Lance and they're getting these big deals and they're getting you know clients and whatnot. I'm looking at them saying, man, it's my time to shine. Mm. When I, what I didn't realize is they've been doing this for, at that point, 10, 11 years. It's not, it, it's and, and not, it doesn't it, happen. And you see them doing it. And everybody say, especially, you know, radio guys, sports talk radio guys. Yeah. Oh man, you know, you have the dream job. You're sitting there talking about sports, but it's not as easy as people yeah. think it is. I mean, you got to know your stuff. You have to be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, you know, no dead air, all, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you have to know yeah. your stuff in order to be successful in this. One of my favorite things is when I go out to the athletic performance lab in Katy, a lot of combine guys are training out there and, and there's a lot of coaches out there. Um, that played in the NFL or had aspirations, but they didn't make it or they did and they didn't last as long. Um, 
but I like seeing the grind of those guys because a lot of people don't get access to that. And I like talking about that is like you'll see you'll see Kristen Michael who is running, you know, he's he's averaging 120 yards, whatever. But you don't see the work that he's putting in in between yeah. games. He's, you don't see the work that he's putting in in the offseason, the amount of money it takes, the time, the commitment from the family side. You're away from your family a lot also if you're going out to certain places to train. Man, I love that part of it. I love seeing guys that just go every single practice, they go balls to the wall. Right, like, and you still have, even though you reach that success, you mm-hmm. still have to have that same grind mentality. Yeah. You know, you can't get complacent with, you know, just being successful because there's somebody coming for you, sure. you know, whether you think so or not. So, yeah, like you say, you know, with football, some of the people, they see the Sunday product. They see guys playing on Sunday yeah. and, oh, I wish I could be that guy. But they don't see the Tom Brady waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning watching film or, or getting his receivers there early, throwing routes over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. I mean, so that's why it looks so easy come game day. I mean, I, these dudes put right. in the work, man. It's hard work. And, I, and that's why I love sports documentaries and documentaries in general love that them. show love up them. the buildup. Like 24-7 I think is just a great documentary to watch. Yeah. Not, not a sports-related, just documentary to watch because – they show the training sessions. They show why these guys are paid the millions. And then you apply that to business and life. You see why certain people make more money, why certain people have moved up. Now, there's always the outliers. There's always guys that just get, they're just better at things than you are. Yeah, and that's man. fine. There's always the outliers. But for the most part, I mean, examine people around you. Examine them and think about their journey. Talk to them about their journey You'll learn so much about the grind. And it doesn't have to be sports-related. I'm just talking about in general, uh, in your office. Even if you work in a, in a corporate job, you know, and you might not respect the person working next to you. You're like, whatever, this person, I'm better than them at what, what they do. Yeah. Well, talk to them. See why they're in that position. It's, right. kind of, it's kind of like when I transitioned. You know, I came into the radio business. I have a degree in sports communication. Yeah. But, you know, when I was in school, I don't remember doing anything as far as the board or doing anything as far as radio or, or anything like that. But, you know, when I got here, I interned. I interned for four months, and uh, I met with Michael Carroll, and I told him, listen, uh, you know, I know I'm an NFL, former NFL player, but just treat me like you would treat any yeah. other intern. And, uh, you know, and that's what he did. So I started answering the phones, you know, pulling a little audio for the, for the host. And uh, I just watched. I just watched how different hosts did things. I, I went over to the sales side, watched how how they did things. Mm-hmm. I was real observant, man. You know, I just want – I like to know the, the whole aspect of the company, not just what I do, but understand a lot of things that's yeah. going on in the company that makes up the whole thing. And that's what – you know, I learned that from New England. You know, you never – they never wanted you to just know your position. You have to know what the offensive linemen did, why they're doing it, why the receivers run this route and this receiver's running this route. Yeah. Why – what – what you know, what – those two routes come together. What does that form? Belichick made sure we knew everything so we can all be on the same page. Man, that's so important. It's important, it, man. It's super and important. I, and, I, and I tried to apply that to, to business and, and my workplace. Um, and you can hear part one of Chris Taylor's conversation that we had talking about the time in the league. And we we're just talking family, life, and kids and whatnot. Uh, but the reason I brought you on today was uh, right after the show, we were done. You said, man, we got to spend some time talking about life after football and what that does to to the guys, what it yeah. does to guys that you know, what it's done for you. Um, but let, let's set the let's set the stage real quickly. I think everyone understands playing the NFL is it, it's an incredible opportunity. It, you are you're not the one percent. You're it's beyond the one percent. Mm-hmm. The odds of you playing in the NFL, it, it's in, incredibly it, 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 the the odds are just incredibly against you. Mm-hmm. It's very slim. 
slim chance that you get to do it, right? So you get in there, you have access to the best. You have the access to the best nutritionists, the best doctors, the best everything. You've got access to the best equipment. You've got the best coaching staff. You've got this and that. Everybody want to give you stuff for free. Yeah, you get access to free things. You are, you are a... Uh, you are in a position where your word or your endorsement could make or break somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because you are you're a uh, tastemaker, kind of like that. You are you're an influencer, right? So a lot of people are after you also because they want to team up with you. It doesn't matter if you are Tom Brady or if you're Chris Taylor, right? Right? right. People are after you because in your circle you're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's something that rarely anyone comes across. Like it's a rare thing to run into an NFL player in your daily basis or somebody that you grew up with, right? So you are the king in your circle. You feel like you can do anything. And I'll say for the most part, like, Chris, I think you're a little different. Yeah, I think, but I a lot of guys, yeah, see, a I'm, lot of I'm guys, I think you're a little yeah, different. different yeah. But for the most part, I think it's okay to generalize that there is an ego that comes with being the best at what you do. And there's a reason why you are that good is because that ego plays a role into it. Right. Th- that work ethic also plays a role. It's kind of like you have to have an and ego, you got, you got to be confident. You got to be confident sure. in, in what you're doing. You got to feel like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm the best at it. Even if I'm not, I have to feel like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the way my mindset is, and that's the way a lot of guys, you know, the mindset is. But as far as the transition is concerned, you know, they always tell you when you're in, when you're in the NFL, you know, you're gonna always have that shield, you know, the NFL shield mm-hmm. with you for the rest of your life. So when you, when you're done with the game, you know, you know, the opportunities are going to be there. But that's not that's not true. That's not true because when you go to the workforce. Only thing they want to know is how can you help me? Yep. You know, do you know do you know this? And and you know they have opportunities where you can do like internships, you know, throughout the summer and, and, and things of that nature. But you know, most of the time guys are training. You know, you know, especially for a guy like me came in undrafted. You know, I had to train. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I, 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 like I, I couldn't I can do an internship. Yeah, I need to try to make the team. But uh, yeah, so for a lot of guys, the transition is tough. You go through this little depression stage, and all of us go through it because it's almost like you have to. You know, you know, re- you know, your identity is not there anymore. No, but that so is your identity. You're yeah. right. Like when you're a football player since high school, that's your identity. That is your identity. It, that's more than half your life. Right. And most people want to say, "Oh, football is, is what is what I do. It's not who I am." No, it, it's who yeah. you are. It's who you are. It, it's taught me so much. Yeah. You know, it, it's allowed me to meet so many different people. It allowed me to, you know, set up my families. You know, at an early age. You know, straight out of college. I mean, so for me, it, it is who I was. I'm not saying that, you know, that's all That's all I am. No. But, I mean, it's a big part of, you know, who I was. I mean, who since, I am now. Yeah, since you were seven, you've been playing football, seven right? So that's old. been a part of your life. And I, I don't think at seven it was defining your life by any means. But as you got better, middle school, mm-hmm. football started ta- being a big role in your life. High school, as you talked about last time, it was a huge part of your life. Right. College, it is your life. Right. It is your life. As much as people say you're student athletes, you are at, you're, you're an athlete. athlete. You're student, an athlete. Student second. You're spending more hours on football than yeah. you are. And then in, when you're in the pros, that is your life. That is legit your life. Like that is it. That is your job, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to be a shock unlike anything that any of us have experienced because now what defines you is no longer part of your life. Right. And even though I wasn't this big star, but – People know they know who you are. Yeah. Like you said, you're an NFL player. But once you leave that game, no, nobody cares who Chris Taylor is anymore. Fuck. I mean, and, and this and this is it's a tough. It's tough, like you said, for your ego. It's hard, but you know, I was able to get over it quickly. But uh, I remember when I got done playing, it was 2012. I was released by the Saints four days before 
my firstborn, my daughter was born. Man. And that that hurt me right away. And I won't get into detail on what was said, but that that pissed me off too by the coaches or whatever. But uh and you know, and I didn't have a job. You know, I got my first my first daughter is born. I don't I don't have a job and and I wasn't this big star who made millions and millions yeah. of dollars. So, but you know, I had enough to where I can, you know, sit back and kind of figure out, you know, what I want to do next. And I did what everybody else do. You know, you fill out the application, see what you qualify for, fill out the applications. I might have filled out 50 or 60 applications. Oh, yeah. Denied by most of them. Most of them. Not, not, not one of them brought me in for an interview. They, they didn't care. Oh, you don't have the experience. You don't have this. And Michael Carroll was the only one who said, you know, we got an internship program here at the uh, ESPN 97.5 yeah. or whatever. You can come up here and do the internship. So does the NFL help at all with career placement afterwards, or is it just hey, good I mean, luck? They, they, no, it's not a good luck, but they set you up. You know, they try to help you with your resume and have different programs and boot camps that you can go to. But, I mean, really, I mean, sometimes, you know, you know, you got to know somebody to get into get into yeah. certain places, and I mean, programs are set up, but it's still difficult for players. So I mean, it is. So you get in 2012, the Saints say, "All right, you're done. I'm done. You're done." And then you have to make the conscious decision also of saying, "All right, I'm done here. Like so, I need to figure out: Am I going to go chase the dream a little bit more? Do you like officially file papers with the players' union or something, or is it just a? I've still never filed papers, but what I said was, "Okay, I'm gonna give it a few months. I'm gonna train a few more months. Okay, see what happens." Because I got. I was released in June. Yeah, my daughter born June. Yeah, June of, of 2012. So I said, you know, I'll keep training and see what happens in training camps. You know, once guys go down, you know. Yeah, there's get, always that chance. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, there's always that chance. But I said, if I don't get called by this certain date, which was it might have been like September right before the season start, I said, I'm done. So there's no formal process. Is there a formal process for guys that are just officially done, or is it just kind of left I, up in the I air? Mean, I think they have paperwork or whatever, but, yeah. I mean, I haven't filled out any paperwork. You're just done. You're just done. Yeah. So there isn't like a – the players' union doesn't step in and say, Chris, you're done. Thank you for your time. Hey, here's an exit package of how to get started or this and that. Or is just – you're just kind of throwing out there. You do have these camps and, right, right, and resume training things. during the season, right. during your rookie seminar and all that stuff, right? But for, I think for a lot of but, guys, the pride takes in. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sit in some yeah. desk somewhere or, or I'm not going to do this. I'm a football player. Fuck. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's tough. And if people don't understand how the transition can be so tough. Yeah. It's tough, man. I'm telling you. And I will say this. Look, I consider myself to be a guy that's like, I, I'm. W- w- when something needs to get done, I'll figure it out. And if I need to f- fix my resume or get my tape together, I can do it. And I feel confident in doing it. But even like when I'm doing it, I'm like, fuck, this resume shit is hard. It's hard. Especially if you've been doing something for a couple of years, three years. You don't update stuff. You don't write stuff. You're not... You're not in that mode, right? So I can't even imagine. And I'm not saying this to be negative or to be a stereotypical asshole, like mm-hmm. to say something about athletes. But I can't even imagine because as an NFL player, as a college football player, you guys don't spend the time and effort as much as a normal student does with like getting resumes ready and taking these classes or that. Listen, were you almost ill prepared for that moment, if, or no? If it wasn't, am I out of bounds on no, that? No, no. If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't know half the stuff. You know, filling out applications and and I mean, you learn how to do a resume in school, but I mean, th- listen, that stuff comes and goes. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I forgot half the stuff I learned in college, to be honest with you. But I mean, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have known half of this stuff. You know, and, and you got to think about it. Let's say a player, I was twenty eight, twenty nine, yeah, about twenty eight, twenty nine mm-hmm. when I was done. 
So and think about it, I'm 28, 29. Most most kids they come straight out of college, they get internships and they you know they hired or whatever at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I'm 28, 29 with no experience, and this person that's been doing it for all these you know six, seven years before me, they have all these experience. They've moved up in the ranks, and I'm fresh out of the NFL, 29, 30 years old with no experience, and I got to start at entry level. So wow. you go from making you know guys making six figures to a million dollars to making you know 25, 30, yeah, thousand dollars. Right, that's a gut check right. too. That's right. not, that's the part we haven't even talked so about it, is the financial, the the financial part of it in terms of, like you're not going to be making NFL money. No, and and that's tough because the lifestyle is going to change. Yeah. But luck, luckily for me, I wasn't one of those type of guys. You know, I didn't drive the fancy cars. I still had the same car I had in 2006 when I first got in the league. Yeah, because I was. I guess you could say I was paranoid. I was always trying to plan for, I don't know what this is going to be my last day or not, so let me save everything I can just in case today is the last day. You know, uh, it's funny. One of uh, an NFL player I was talking to during Super Bowl weekend, he's at a point in his career where he's trying to look at the next thing to do, right? He's like, man, how much y'all making sports radio? And he's, he gave me a number, and I go, ooh, buddy. Yeah, you need to figure something else out. If you think you're going to make that much, it's your first job in sports radio. You, yeah, you're gonna have a reality check, and then and then he caught himself, and he goes, "But yeah, like in the real world, that's a pretty good salary for normal people." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, see, cause yeah, yeah, because guys don't know, man. Yeah, guys don't know that you're not gonna be making a base of three hundred, four hundred thousand. You're happen. not gonna happen. It's just not. It's not feasible. Mm-mm. It's not feasible. Guys that do this forever." Will be lucky to make that much. And there's been some some guys that I know, former teammates. Hey man, what, what you know? You know, I'm interested in getting in the radio business or yeah. whatever. So what are they making? What are they making? So you know, I let them know, and they like, I, I'm not doing that. No, yeah, I'm not doing that. They so, got to pay me more than that. So we're, we're, uh, we'll talk about the financial stuff in a second. But for you, so you're at the league. You, you're done training. You have a brand new baby in the house, a newborn. So that's already stressful enough. And then you have to deal with the fact that. You're done, like your career's done. My my career's done, and like I said, if it wasn't for my wife, you know, she she was there. You know, she was kind of like my backbone. She was there sure. to try to motivate me. Hey, man, you got you got to get out there. You can't be can't be down on yourself. I know this was a big part of your life, and th- this is what you're you've been used to and been been accustomed to. But you got to get in the real world. You know, you got a family here. You got a child. You know, you're married. Uh, you got to get out there and get it going. So you know, I, I I give her the props for just being there, man. And and I started an internship here uh-huh. um, in 2013, January of 2013. So I, it was about what six months, you can say, yeah. that I was out. And then in April of 2013, they I was hired and and I've been here ever since. What about guys that left the league around the same time as you? Do you keep in touch with them? Is there a group of guys that you kind of just know that they're also out? And whether it be you know guys that were you know uh, starters mm-hmm. versus guys that were fringe guys, you keep in touch and, with anybody. And it, it was crazy because you know a lot of times you know people think oh you're part of this team, you know guys must hang out they're close, but a lot of a lot of times you're not, especially yeah. at the pro level. I mean guys got families and other ventures that they're doing, and you're not hanging out like you were yeah. in college. You know you're not living together and going to parties together. That doesn't happen at the professional level. So a lot of relationships are not that close. And the guys you do keep in touch with, you know, I mean, you got guys that's that's doing good, but a lot of guys are still trying to figure it out. What's next? You know, what am I going to do? I can't even imagine the like the dep- the level of depression that sets in for guys that and I think you're you had you, you the way you attack the NFL and the sane way to attack is like I I don't know how long this is going to last. This is a blessing. This is great. Let's not overdo it. Right. I think you're in the minority. I can't even imagine a rookie that was drafted in the first or second round and, you know, like they think they've made it and then 
What's the average? It's three and a half years, four years, right, maybe. Three and that, a half years. Right? And I was able to get six in. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it was injuries and, and you know, you made the team injuries and practice squads and getting released. And, you know, there's one point I was in, you know, at a team. I'm not going to say what the team was. I know for one season I was at least released 20 times. Wow. You know, every week they was releasing, bring it back, release, bring it back, release, bring it back. You know, and it was so frustrating because I'm like, what type of stability does that give me? You know, so it's just on a daily basis, it can be frustrating. And from the outside, it looks like guys are living the life and they're, they're doing so great. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot of guys that's not doing too well. What do you think the NFL or the Players Union could do to help with that transition? I, don't, I feel like they're doing everything they can do because, like I said, programs are set. There are programs set up. They're just not going to give you a job, you know. But, yeah. You know, there are programs set up where there are internships at certain jobs or or like you said, have a program called Ath Life where they help you. Uh, they try to figure out your character so that they can figure out which which profession would be best for your, you know, that suits your your character and, and all of that. And a lot of guys don't want to go through all that. Listen, mm-hmm. listen, I played in the NFL. This is what I'm capable of doing. I, you know, I'm a team guy. You know, I, I can work with anybody. Uh, you know, I pick up things fast. Just I just find me something. I can do whatever you need me to do. I can do it. But, you know, companies, they, they don't care about So that. with these internships that, you know, they offer, we, I forgot who it was, but an NFL player was wor- uh, interning at NASA for a summer. God, I forgot his name, and I feel so bad for getting because it was a pretty good story. But are, are a lot of guys, like, applying for the same internships? Do you have, like, a 200 guys that are all applying for this internship, or is it just pretty much you're guaranteed a spot? See, see I, I, I wouldn't know because the first internship I applied for was here. Okay, so, so you, yeah, that, you were busy trying – yeah, you right. were in the offseason working out. Right, and that was it. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what, you know, you know the backlog is or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but uh, like I said, a lot of guys, the pride takes in, man. They, you, they, they don't want to work for something I can't that's e- less. I can't even imagine, yeah, during because already in col- like in college – there's a lot of internships to be had. You just have to be – you have to go find them, mm-hmm. and you have to just reach out to people and just get in somehow, some way. The competition is unreal, especially now because a lot of big companies have done away with internships because of the labor laws in certain states and whatnot. I know 610, they don't do internships anymore. They just don't because CBS was hit with a lawsuit, and they're like, all right, fuck it. We're done. Right. You guys, guess what? You guys are going to complain about this? We're out. We, we, don't need a, we don't need another headache as a big conglomerate, right? So a lot of people don't even do internships anymore. Um, I can't even imagine with the NFL because they're premier internships. I'm sure the NFL's access, like you can get an internship at Twitter, but you also have so many guys applying for that. I don't know how that works. I'm I'm sure it is. That's got to be crazy. You can basically get an internship anywhere, I'm I'm assuming. But, you know, guys got to be willing to do it and guys got to be willing to to put their pride to the side and get out there and and work, man. Because, listen, I don't care how much money you make – I mean, even if you can retire, you have enough money to sit back and retire. I mean, for me, as a man, you got to get out there and work. Yeah. You got to do something. I'm not going to be sitting here at home looking at, you know, young and the restless all day. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I think it. a lot of guys run into that. Wade Smith, where, uh, he, he came in studio uh, a couple months ago, and he was talking about it. He was like, man, I, like, I need to do charity work. I need to do something. I need to have a schedule. Yeah. So you're kind of reminded about your day, your day-to-day in the NFL because everything is scheduled out for you. And, and that's what I was going to say. You get used to that itinerary. Yeah. From, okay, 6.30 in the morning, we're doing this. At 6.33, this is what's going on. 6.41, this is what's going on. And then once that's over with, it's like, what, what, what am I mm-hmm. going to do today? You know, I need an itinerary. I need, I need to know what I'm going to do from one minute to the next minute. And when you don't have that, it's kind of like you kind of scatterbrained. I don't know what to do. Yeah, or what's going on? We're we're a scheduled being. We yeah. are, every single human being is scheduled. Like if you are working in a job, you have a schedule that you are going to stick to. Whether you know, in a daily routine, 
that defines you. As much as that sucks, like this daily routine defines you. And if you miss that, if you miss one thing in that daily routine, your whole day's thrown off. Like if you forgot to drink coffee, people freak out. Or if you forgot this, people freak out because we are defined by are you schedule. A coffee guy? You're a coffee guy. I'm a huge coffee guy. So you go nuts if you don't have your morning. Oh, coffee. dude, I've like I've tweaked my coffee recipe. I've tweaked it where, um, you know, I went through that kick where a lot of people do with the bulletproof coffee where you get the best <laughs> beans, it's expensive, then you put the clarified butter or ghee in it, and then you put the MCT oil in it, all that stuff. I, I go through those phases, but I've mastered my own recipe where my coffee now, I drink it an hour after I wake up. I don't immediately drink it anymore because I was reading a study about how your cortisol levels are so, they're shooting through the roof, so you don't need that boost as soon as you wake up. Um but I've got it down where I need to get protein in the morning, mm-hmm. but I don't like eating eggs. So I do a blend of uh, two cups of coffee, uh, almond milk, unsweetened vanilla, uh, a little bit of Splenda because I just like the taste. I know it's so bad for you, but I like Splenda's taste. And then I put uh, about six to nine grams of egg whites in my coffee blended up. So it gives you like a thicker coffee. Sometimes it, it depends if my throat's hurting a little bit or if I just like if I need to recover a little bit and I'm feeling stiff or sore, I put coconut oil in it. I put uh, melted coconut oil, and that helps a lot. See, like, that helps my joints. I I don't know if there's nah. any science behind it. It just makes me feel good. No, I'm not a coffee guy at all. But you were talking about nutrition. That's one. That's another thing that the trans- transition uh, can affect. Because, you know, they got good food at the stadium for you to eat. And, yeah. You know, there's breakfast and lunch and sometimes dinner. You have all of that. That's all provided by the team or do you? It's is provided. It, it's provided, right? Yeah. They don't take like a certain uh, amount out of your salary or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. It's provided. It's provided. Right. Okay. So right. everything's taken care of right. for you. So you can, you can eat good yeah. at the stadium. And then for me, you know, I really, really wasn't on a diet. I'm like, okay, I go eat a pizza or cheeseburger or something like that and and I lose five pounds tomorrow. What difference does it make? Yeah. I'm gonna lose five, ten pounds at practice tomorrow. What difference does it make? But now that I'm not working out like you know, as intense as I was mm-hmm. when I was playing, you know, the, the, you can see the weight starting to come back. Sure. And and, and for me, it's kind of hard. You know, I like to look good and be in shape, but when you don't have, I, for me, I always had the motivation of I got to make the team, so I got to work out harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to try to win a Super Bowl. I got to work out harder. But now I don't. I got to find the other motivation to to do that. So we were now, chatting about just like working out, and you got you recently got back into it now, right? right like where you're working into, out every yeah, day. And I'm like, listen, I got to be healthy for you know my wife is pregnant now. We're having a second girl. I got a four year old daughter. I got to at least be healthy for them. Yeah, so that, that's my motivation now. Dude. Is, is trying to be healthy for my girls. How like so when you leave the team? One of the cool things uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, with the Texans at least, when the press is there during the week. Um, on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday practices, or you're in there getting locker room sound. Excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because Tuesday's a right. mandatory okay. off day. Um, during the Kubiak regime, when I was in there every single day, they gave us access to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So we would in there, dude. I put on eight pounds of muscle just eating because I said, "Wait, I have access to a pro athlete's cafeteria. Yeah. I'm gonna abide by like their nutritional standards and eat." only the right things and y'all had plates at the Texans that were portioned out plates like this for this little spot the vegetables go in there right, this right, protein right, and all that right. I follow that to a T three out of five days uh, during the week 
I put on eight pounds of muscle. Right, and, and then on Fridays they used to do us right though. They used to order pizza and yeah. pie pies and Frenchies, and you know they had all sorts of stuff for us on Friday. But yeah, but during the weekend you have to you have to eat the healthy food, man. So now, so without that backing there, the nutritional backing, you got to go buy groceries now because your wife was already home getting groceries and all that. But now she has to account for you coming back into the house and. You're eating every right, meal you're eating there. Everything, right? I'm eating everything, snacking all the time, and it's like you just you just have to watch it. You got to be, and they NFL had programs for that too. And, really, and, and like post life nutrition, right? Or? Nutritionists and all that. So guys just need to take advantage of. it. I haven't taken advantage of it yet, but I mean, it is there for you to do it. And even if it's there, it's still hard. It's like you know, I'm not gonna I'm not eating this. I'm yeah. gonna go eat, get something to eat, man. Something gonna fill me up. So it's still tough, man. But it's like when you're a part of that team. Your mentality is just different. So what do you do now during during the week? Are you eating the same thing every day or you have one cheat day? Do you stick to a pretty uh, strict I don't have, diet? I don't have a diet, man. You know, I just try to eat right. And instead of, you know, instead of eating fried chicken, I might eat baked chicken. Or instead okay. of eating, you know, fried fish, you know, grilled. I mean, you just try to. Now, I'm not saying I do it all the time. But, you know, I, I don't have a strict diet. I'm just I'm just eating. Right? I always, uh, look, I'm not a pro athlete, but I always uh, tell myself this. If you can live by the guidelines of a pro athlete, mm-hmm. if you train like a fighter, you will look like a fighter. You will feel like a fighter, right? If you train like a certain thing, so that means five out of seven days, I'm eating clean. I'm not putting crap in my body that isn't like brown rice, yeah. quinoa, chicken, vegetables, something clean. Every once in a while, I'll... I'll snack on like gummy bears or cookies right. or something. But for the most part, if you can keep it clean, man, you're going to feel so much better also. Yeah. And, and then you have your cheat days on the weekends. And I said the same thing. Yeah. Like, man, I want to look like when I was playing, I mean, rocked up. You yeah. Know, just, just in shape. I want to look like that. And my wife said the same thing. Well, you got to go back to your trainer then and, and do the same yeah. thing you were doing sure. when you were playing. You want to look like a pro football yeah. player? You got to train, train like, like a pro football yep, player. Exactly. That's what you want to look like an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. You got to go train like an yep. MMA fighter. And that's, the, that's the only way you're going to get it. And that's why if you work out, if you if you're just in there on the elliptical for 30, 45 minutes, there's benefits to that. Yeah. That's good that you're doing it. But then you go, I'm not getting results. Mm-hmm. Well, look up. You 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 are in a point in your <laughs> life, and we all are, where we can find every single workout for whoever. Like, I can put a Tom Brady workout, and I can find information. I'm sure you can. It's easy. It's easy. And you will find something similar. So you can train like these guys without spending a ton of money. But it's just you have to do it, you know? Right. You have to do it. You have to have somebody. You know, everybody's not self-motivated, so you might need somebody to – you know, to push you out there. But the most important thing is is getting out there. Yeah. And then once you get out there, then, you know, the options are there. Uh, Ozer is listening to the show, my buddy Oz, and uh, he plays on my flag football team. Okay. He doesn't look like a flag football player by any means. (laughs) What does a flag football player look like? A flag football player, kind of like me, you know, skinny, speed. You need speed in flag football. In shape. In shape. Ozer looks more like uh, Eddie Lacy. I'll say. Oh, 267. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be lucky if he's pushing 267 right now. I think he's like 270. Ah. We give him crap all the time, but, man, he has the quickest hands. You gotta have quick hands in flag football to pull those flags. You I'm gotta sure. have quick hands. I, I've never it's played. Totally I've never played flag. You gotta football. come play one day. With no, that. I'm not playing. Come on, no, I'm not gonna turn the ACLs. Or no, dude, yeah. dude, there's not. No. It's nothing like that. You're not making hard cuts. It's just a quick. Mm-hmm. It's a spread offense. You catch and turn. Listen, that's I'm, it. I'm not gonna even tell you I'm coming out there because I'm not. Come on. No. One game. I gotta get you out there. One practice. Mm-mm. We gotta get you out there. It's gonna spark. <laughs> You're gonna be like, "Woo, this feels good." Uh, he asked a question. He said, "What's the best uh, barbecue joint in Memphis?" He's going there next week. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, he can go to Rendezvous. He Rendezvous is on um, on Bill Street. Okay. Yeah. So Rendezvous is your your place. I Get- mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, most most of the visitors who come to Memphis, they you know they own Bill Street anyway. 
that's where they're going. They're going. Okay, Ron. When you get the uh, the ribs there, yeah, Memphis is the known for the I mean, ribs, yeah, the dry get, rub. You get all dry that. rub ribs. You get your you know your chopped beef. I mean, it's yeah, a barbecue. I mean, just like I mean, just like here. Yeah. God, I love barbecue. Yeah. I mean, you, you know <laughs> what, what they say. You know, you got you got Memphis. You got Kansas City. You got I guess all of Texas. I'm assuming. Yeah, Texas style. Texas yeah. is like a spicier barbecue yeah. sauce. The, the barbecue sauce debate's always fun. To you, me. You're a spicy guy. I I'm uh, I'm whatever tastes good guy. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I mean, like Kansas City sweet barbecue. I yeah. can do that. I can do the white sauce every once in a while. Yeah. I, I like all of them. Right. Just give I don't me like good picking. Food. No, I'm not. Yeah, gonna... don't limit me to anything. Yeah. You know what? No, I agree. I if agree. I want to have spicy barbecue sauce one day, I'm going to have it. And yeah. the next day, if I want sweet, I'm going to have it. You know why? Because you don't fucking run me. I, <laughs> I agree. I'm going to eat my shit. Eat, you know? man. Eat. I'm going to eat and enjoy everything. I don't need <laughs> to pick one thing. What the fuck's wrong with people? Uh, okay, so the financial shock. When you're in the league... I mean, you were making good money by yeah. uh, by standards of everyone listening. You're like, damn, that's awesome. Right? You're making six figures. I you're mean, making I mean, six I mean, figures. Cause the, I, and then, especially after, is it four years you're making the veterans minimum or right. is it three years? Because in 2006, the minimum, the rookie minimum, I was a rookie, was 275. I, so, think, it's, I think it's 500 now. They can't pay you less than that. That's they can't it. pay you less than that. So right. just know that. And then practice squad, it was a little different. Practice squad is 100. 100 minimum. So you ma- minimum. you're making six figures you, out you the make, gate. Regardless. Right? So you're 21, 22 years old making six figures. That out is. The gate. Unless you're an engineer that gets a job from right. Google, but even then, like looking at certain certain salaries that they've put up, you're making like eighty nine, eighty eight thousand yeah. as an entry level position in the NFL. You are making a hundred right out the gate, so money management already becomes a big thing. And, and that's the and that's the that's one of the problems right there. You coming straight out of college and never had anything. Yeah, never had any money. I mean, you get your little six hundred dollars scholarship check a month. And, you know that doesn't do anything in college, and then all of a sudden. You know, you get your, your paychecks are you know you know seven thousand, eight thousand, you know nine thousand every two weeks. I mean, I mean, you're getting that during the course of seventeen weeks. So you basically you're getting all your money in seventeen weeks. So you, it looks like you have all this money, but then during the off season you have to manage that money. Sure. And then you think, okay, I'm here. It's going well next year. You know, I you know it, the price goes up every year. So next year I get this, but you might not be there next year. That's a good so point. So that's why you have to you have to save, man. You got to think. But most guys can't think, man. And then you have your family members or your friends and, and business people. Everybody's pulling at you. And, and can you invest in this? I, I need this. It's just a lot, man. So when you get the uh, the paycheck, it's a it's a game-by-game basis, right? It's, well, well, it was every two weeks. Every two weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks. Yeah. It's just like a normal job. Yeah, so every, like two normal, weeks. Yeah, every two weeks. I mean, Direct deposit they, into your account. I mean, they're dropping the thing in your account. They're dropping it in your account. And then from there, do you have agent fees that you pay? Yeah, three percent agent. Three percent agent. It depends fees. on if you got marketing people, you got to pay them. Sure, yeah. I, I didn't have any of that, so I just paid the three percent to my agent. And then, what about player union fees? Do you have any player union stuff, or is that just included in being in the NFL? That, that's just included from from what I've known. Okay, yeah, I so mean, you I, never I, had to I, like cut a check. That. Yeah, I've never looked at it and seen. Uh, I mean, you have your dues. I think your dues come out. Your dues come out of your checks, but I've never seen any other fees. That yeah. Came so out what of was check. it? What was the players' union dues? I can't, like, I can't, can't remember. You don't remember it? No, I don't remember. Man, I, I want to know that number. Like, it's got to <laughs> be. I just, because it's so, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, there's a union collecting, because every union does that, right? No, you it's gotta, a union. You got to have, right? have your union dues, yeah. but I've always wondered, like, how much is it, right? But, yeah. okay, so you get that out of your paycheck. And now let's talk about guys that are first rounders. Let's talk about stars. You've got your agent, 3%. Mm-hmm. And when you have a $18 million deal, the 3% is a lot of money. Right. You got but, your but you got to remember that that's before taxes. Before taxes. Right. Okay. Then you got your marketing people mm-hmm. or if you have some kind of PR person, which right. a lot of them do. Right. And you might not be using them during the season as much, but in the off season you do have PR 
you know, issues that you got to Super Bowl stuff. You're on Radio Row. You're paying these people. Right. And your agent might have bought you a car before you were drafted and, and gotten you certain things. And oh, now so you're paying you that to pay back. that back. Okay. To, right. So that's usually like a low interest loan pretty much or is it no that. interest? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yes. Uh, then you've got family members. Mm-hmm. How how bad is that? Not not from your personal experience, but what you saw with uh, guys around you. What the hell is that situation like? It, I remember it was one guy. Obviously, I can't say his name. Yeah, yeah one don't guy. say his name. He, he was a rookie. He was an undrafted guy. But, you know, he made the team and he was playing. And, and now, I mean, he's still playing. But uh, I remember it was after it was the last game of the season. No, it was during the off season. He was like, man, I need the season to – to hurry up because I had literally no money left. I, I sent all my money home and I was helping everybody else out, but now there's nobody here to help me out. So that's why guys, be, you see guys getting loans and stuff during yeah. the summertime because they they don't know how to manage their money during the uh, during the off season. Could you imagine if normal people got all their money in 17 weeks? Everybody would be broke. Everybody would be broke. <laughs> everybody like would we all broke. sit here and laugh yeah. about, oh, can't believe Vince Young is broke. He spent this much at this, but when you get that much money in a short amount and you're of young. time you're young and you're young yes oh my god the f- dude i can't even imagine having that responsibility right and you think it's not you think it's not going to ever end you think you think that you know your family members at some point they'll stop listen listen i gave i gave you this don't come back yeah but they continue they continue to come back like i said it wasn't really my situation you know uh, i let them know from the from the get-go listen i'm an undrafted guy you know i'm not this millionaire, so don't mm-hmm. come asking me for anything. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to work my way into this league. So, but with other guys, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge problem. Man. I know a lot of people. I know I do this where I'm like, well, they they have the money to fall back on, and that's fine. Some guys do have money. Yeah, some and, guys do. Yeah. And, and look, you're in a good position. You had money. That's great. But we then forget the empathy that comes with the fact that everything that they've known is now taken away from them, mm-hmm. and those checks aren't rolling in. That 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 stability of a of an NFL schedule, being in there, being like feeling like a king, when that's taken away from you, yeah, that's got to be the ultimate and just you, reality check in terms of what the fuck am I doing in life? And you got to think the checks aren't rolling in, but they still have the same lifestyle. They still got the same big homes. They got all yeah. these cars that they purchased, and this stuff still need to be paid for. Shit. So now you got okay, yeah, you got a nice piece of change, but now you got money going out with nothing replacing it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like you got, you know, getting income from other places. Some guys, I mean, like I said, some guys are, but for a lot of guys, they're not. You know, that's that's the money they have, yeah. and that's it. And, uh, I mean, you I mean, you have to, you got to go to work, man. What was, what, was your, uh, what was your first big splurge? What, <laughs> did you have one? I think I bought a, a $300 pair of shades. That was I, I, think that, I think that was it, man. I'm, listen, I'm the same way now. Rarely would I pay Anything, if my wife doesn't get it, I don't. I'm not, I'm not a shopper. Yeah. If my wife doesn't get it for me, I'm just not gonna have it. Yeah, paying retail is for suckers. Oh, I think I've paid retail listen, maybe two, three times on a- everything I own. Listen, I just wait for shit to come. I, I'm through. so cheap. Listen, even when I was playing, you know, I go to the grocery store with coupons and you know, oh, I, yeah. I don't buy anything unless it's on sale. I don't pay full price for nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheapskate like that, man. That's, that's and, the way I'm not live, ashamed man. of it, man. I'm like I said, I'm driving the same car I had since 2006. Yeah, it's paid for. You know, it takes me. You know. $14 to get the oil change. I, I mean, that's, that's just who I am, man. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody says, man, you're just so cheap, man. You're so cheap. And they know I've always been like that. Efficient. Yeah, man. Listen, I know what I'm doing, yeah. okay? 
I know my, what I'm doing. My my uh my parents and my uncles, everybody, they give me they give me so much shit about that. They're like, why are you so cheap? You're right. I'm like, I'm not cheap. I'm efficient. Right. And it, like we can always find a better deal. Right. And if you if you have a problem with it, you buy it for me then. If you want me to get a new yeah. car, you buy me the car then. I I happily drive it. Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm happily like, drive it. I remember um when I was uh I went to go see my my uh uncle in Pakistan. And, you know, we found I was buying something and it was already dirt cheap. It was like four dollars. Let's just put a price. And I was like, man, that is not worth four dollars. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I know we can find it cheaper. Yeah. Even if it's a dollar cheaper, cheaper, it man. just makes me feel better and more comfortable. I don't know why. Because you feel like you, you got a deal. Yeah. It's not even the deal thing. It's just like if I put a price on something and I know this is what I'm going to pay for it and I have to pay more than that. I'm not accepting that. Yeah. I'm not accepting that. And he's like and then my uncle talks some sense to me. He goes, OK. Let's think about this for a second. You're going to find this for $3. That's going to take you another hour to go to different places, talk to people, barter with the, or um, negotiate with them and all that stuff. You're going to save a dollar. Fine. But that dollar that you give to that guy means the world to him because that's an extra dollar that, you know, over there. And this is different. Like over here, it's different in terms of like saving a dollar. How much does it really impact? But it does, like, if you right. think about tips and stuff, yeah. you know, if you throw in a dollar, what does it impact you versus what it means for the other person? It's like there are, the like, the cost analysis that go with that, but I'm not paying full price. See, and that's what I said. listen. I just, I'm it, not. If you're with me and you want me to pay full price for something, listen, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to pay for, yeah. and you just give me the difference and I'll pay full price for it. I was buying my wife an anniversary <laughs> present, and we were uh, out there shopping, and and look, we're, luckily we're blessed, and I was excited. I was able to buy her something really, really nice. And she, I had to convince her for two weeks. First of all, my wife is just like me. I was like, "Look, I'm buying this for you. Get come to terms with this, okay?" So we go in there, and I'm at the store, and I go, "Hey, do you guys have like, a, if I open a credit card, can I save like ten percent or anything?" They're like, "No, sir, we don't do that here." Right? Are there any online coupons yeah, or any deals? Coupons, like, yeah. I'm always asking, making it yeah, awkward. Man. Everyone's looking at you. I'm like, I don't care, dude. I don't care. I'm saving man. money here. Because anywhere I go, man, I look online and see if it's a coupon. Yes. I mean, that's just what I do. Love a good coupon. Yeah. Love so if, if you're out there listening, coupon. Yeah. I am going to do a podcast one day talking about how to save money, never paying retail. Never paying now, retail. Now, I don't go extreme as far as, you know, the, the coupon show that you no, used to no, have. Like, I'm yeah, not I don't extreme do like that. But I will go somewhere and say, man, let me, let me look and see if they have a 30% off coupon yeah. or something like that. Like that. And uh, like Nike shoes. I love shoes, mm-hmm. right? And I will never pay full price for them. I, um, the only shoes I've paid full price for are ones that I know I just logistically cannot get a discount on. Like mm-hmm. Jordan 11 re- re-releases. You're not going to find those for cheaper. Although the uh, 72 and 10 Jordans, were spotted at a Chicago outlet earlier this uh, this past year this, in December, and I was like, "Fuck, I think I can return mine because I've never worn mine." Right. And I was like, "And we were in Chicago at the time, so I was telling my wife, I was like, let 'Let's find out which outlet this is at, so I can go save forty bucks, and then I'll keep those uh, the ones that were one hundred and eighty instead of the two twenty ones.' Exactly. And I'm gonna return them. Yeah. Like you. So like those are the only shoes that pay full price. So you're, like, a, you're a shoe head. See, I'm not, I'm not a big yeah. shoe head. So but like, even like clothes, clothes. I'll never pay full price. Dude, we go to the outlets, and we like to go just because we like walking yeah. and just like seeing people. But I can tell you when outlets are going to have their best sales, mm-hmm. when the best time to go is. Well, you Additional need to let discount. me know that because oh, I'll I'll you know. Shop, I only shop at outlets. I only. love the outlets. Yeah. I love the outlets. I Like, we never go and, like, splurge at the outlets. I just, like, go in there seeing, like, what trends are happening in terms of, oh, look, they got another 30% off weekend sale but i know in two weeks it's gonna be 50 percent and, and, and don't get me wrong when i was playing you know of course i bought my wife some nice things yeah you know, well you know it was a 
purse or what, it's whatever. It's not a great feeling. Yeah, whatever. It's a great feeling. She was happy about it. But, you know, and she's not materialistic or anything sure. like that either. So she almost felt bad for taking it. But, you know, so I did splurge on her, but I'd never done anything for myself. Yeah. What was the most you spent? So $300 shades was the most you spent. That yeah, was like that your biggest, and, and, non, not a car, not a car. And I was probably shaking, handing them the money sure. doing that. I mean, I was playing at the time. What was it? What, Ray-Bans? What were they, Oakleys? I don't know. I remember going to um, one of the local Sunglass Hut, mm-hmm. one of those places buying something. I don't even remember what brand it was. And how's that like with when you're in a locker room like that where you do have a lot of guys that are multimillionaires? They live a certain lifestyle. How hard is it not to get caught up in trying to live like them when you're not making as much? You guys run into that issue well, a lot? Well, that's, a lot of times that's the problem. Guys who see the the millionaire guys driving up in a certain car. Yeah. Or guys who get so, I'm in the NFL, I have to look a certain way. I have to be perceived this way. Because if I'm driving this car, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't look like I'm an NFL player. Yeah. So a lot of times that's what, get, I mean, guys have said that, you know, trying to be like the guys who are making millions of dollars, trying to be like them is what got me in trouble. That's an image to uphold. It's that, an image. That, yeah. Like I see guys that I know are fringe guys. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure they're making a lot of money, but they've got four Louis Vuitton duffel bags. What do you do? You don't and, need that. And I see it now. You know, I'm looking at certain players now, and I just, all I can do is just laugh because I'm like, they don't know what's coming behind, you know, yeah. when they're done playing. You know, that Louis Vuitton bag, you know, it, it doesn't mean a thing. Does, yeah. But I know some some people it does, you know, but, you know, for me it doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, like when you're Brock and you have a huge deal, you can carry you around can wherever you the fuck stu- you want. You can get you some stuff. You okay? got fuck yeah. you money. Right. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get you some stuff yeah. and, and, and tell people, you know, they can shove it. But, yeah. you know, for me, you know, I'm just not I'm not a flashy guy like that. No. Um, so you leave the NFL. Um, there's no formal process. There's no, like, all right, welcome to the real world, Chris. Right, right. Uh, you brought up a great point that when you're 28, 29, leaving the league, a lot of a lot of people in certain industries, actually every industry, they've already did seven years. They have seven years exactly. experience. They've, they have moved value. Up the ranks. Right. Um, that 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 to me is fascinating. When you enter the workforce that late, how certain guys like. Do, how do you catch on to a place? You got lucky that you got on here, and, and I think it's because of your hard work. I, I think luck is a is a bad word to use. I think right. And, luck, and luckily, when I was interning, because you know, with a lot of the interns that's here, yeah. you know, they don't get an opportunity to to to, to work the board time, or, yeah. or, or to work or to get on the radio and talk. You know, they allowed me to do that during my internship, so they was able to see some of the things that I can do. And of course, I picked up on the things quickly. And what happened was one of the producers left. He, he went for another job and. They asked somebody who was the best intern yeah. you had, and, and, of course, my name came up, and they hired me. Boom. The easiest app. A lot of guys aren't lucky with that in terms of getting in, you know, if they're going to be doing a corporate job or working a nine-to-five or owning a business or whatever. It's That's a tough thing in terms of you're already seven years behind. Seven Probably years Probably more than that. Let's mm-hmm. go 11 years because as much as you were a student athlete, I don't think, you know, like a lot of players, I think you were in the right field because you were doing sports communication mm-hmm. and, and you were ready for this. Yeah, and I started off in business. I yeah. Started, and I think I got a, a 10 on my first test. Wow. And I said, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to get I'm out about of here. I'm about to switch I, out of I, I got to switch out of yeah. here immediately, yeah. So, so you're already behind in terms of the, the business degree or whatever. How do guys make it after the NFL if they if they don't have millions saved? Mm-hmm. You, you just, I, I don't know, man. You just have to find find your way, man. And, and like I said, you got to put the pride, you know, but yeah. to the side, man, and just and just grind, man. You know, be, be able to say, you know, you might have to work a desk job. Yeah. You know, don't don't feel like you're big enough that you can't work a desk job. And you know, you have to start off somewhere. I mean, you can obviously you can have your goal. This is what I want to mm-hmm. do. But sometimes you have to do. 
things that you don't want to do to get to where you want to go. One of the craziest things is when you see, um, for me, being a Texas Longhorn, you know, like it's a huge network out here, right? Like there are Longhorns everywhere. That's a big network. But when you run into people, former players that you're like, wow, this guy was so good. Mm -hmm. And he probably had a cup in the NBA or played a year or two in the league. And then he's selling you a car. Yeah. Like that's such a shock, right? Like you're just like judging the guy like, man, where did you mess up? But you got to respect the hell out of that guy because he's like, fuck it. You know what? I got to go to work, I got to go to work. I have to go to work. This is not something that I want to do long term. But for right now, I got to go to work. I got to get my footing in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Just just see what it's like to be in in the corporate world, man. Guys don't know. Like I said, in the NFL, you're kind of like in this bubble. Like you said, everything is given to you. I mean, if you you know, when you're playing, they pay you to do something. That you, on your off day, they pay you to go speak at schools. They pay you to go uh, visit this company. They pay you to do everything. And it's just they're telling you what to do. And you just go do it, and then you collect your check, and you go home. And and now all of a sudden, you know, nobody's paying you. You got to work. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, uh, how You're not exposed to this as much um, as a corporate job, but, like, the – Politi- the the political side of the office, the politics that go into certain positions, yeah, exactly. and, this, and I really haven't you, like seen you that because right. sports radio is different. Right. It, on this side, it, mm-hmm. it is different. But like for me, when I left sports radio, I was kind of like in the locker room where it's just you're just a bunch of guys. Yeah. yeah, there's some of that like, man, I should be having that role or I should be doing this and that. But when you get into the workforce, holy shit, mm-hmm. there are some sharks out there, and and, and, that's and these I'm are saying. like people that are just tired of their life. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I'm gonna be at this office for 40 hours a week. I'm gonna make this dramatic, and I will bring up stuff. And I can't even imagine guys dealing with that. Like, what the hell's going on over here? Well, Why are you me, guys being this way? Yeah, see me. I couldn't even. I couldn't even put myself in that type of environment. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't like mess like that. But sometimes you have to deal with Dude, it. You gotta to, learn yeah, it. You gotta learn it and deal you gotta with learn it. To play the game know, to get to where, like I said before, to get to where you want to go. But you know, for guys out there, you just. For, especially for the former players, man, you just got to put your pride to the side and just say, listen, I got to do what's best for my family, do what's best for me. I might not want to be where I am right now, but I might just have to do it so I can gain some experience and one day be able to do what I really want to do. So when you sign, uh, when you get into the NFL, you finally sign on with the team. Is there like a formal process? You sign that contract, you're good, you're on, then the players' union reaches out to you and you're invited to rookies, uh, the symposiums, the seminars and stuff. Well, what is that what, like? What How does that go? I was undrafted, so okay. undrafted guys didn't go to the symposium. So they didn't get access I, I, to I all that all knowledge. Them, I think all of them get uh, go now. I'm, I'm, I'm not for sure, but yeah, only the drafted guys went to the symposium. But, you know, you for me, the the Texans, they called me right after, I mean, li- literally right after the draft. It was three teams. It was the I say it was the Bengals, the Jets, and the Texans. Okay. And, you know, I didn't know, I never talked to the Texans before, but, you know, my agent told me this is where your best fit. Because you got to make your decision, like, in, in minutes. Because yeah, not, they will yank they'll, up. They'll, yeah, they'll sign somebody else. So he said the Texans. So I said, fine, I go to Texans. So I went there. You go to, the, you know, you get there and you, you sign your three year contract or whatever it is. And, uh, and that's it. You know, you go to the whoever deals with the contract, you sign off, you talk to your agent while you're signing the contract to make sure you're signing the right thing. And, and that's it. You get your little signing bonus. They, they they might give you your signing bonus like a month or so later, two yeah. months later. And, uh, you know, you're just trying to make the team from that point on. You get in there. You get all your gear. They check you in. You get the playbooks. and You get your playbooks. And, and as a rookie, you, you're sharing a locker with somebody else. Yeah. And, and you just like you're a freshman in college all over again. You got to go through that process. Same and process. A bunch of guys are going to haze you a little bit. They're going to yeah. mess with you and all that. Um, so there isn't like a formal – for, for at least undrafted guys, uh, when you were there, there isn't like a, hey, sit down, welcome to the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, they have people come in and talk to you about, you know, some things to look out for yeah. and, 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 you know, hangers on. And, and they have financial people come in talking about money and things of that nature. But when you're young, you're not you're not thinking, you know, they talk about 401k. You're not thinking about all that stuff. You know, you know what is a 401k? No, I, I want to keep my money. I don't want to put yeah. my money in 401k. But I remember Gary Kubiak in my rookie year. He always said, listen, when you have an opportunity to put your money in your 401k, put your money in your 401k. They're giving you money. Because in the NFL, they match it. Oh, they they hundred percent match it. He said they're giving you money, so you'll be a fool not to do it. Does the league take care of the guys? Do you think they do an adequate job of taking care of the guys that are making them the money? I'm not for sure. Like you know, like the big name guys. Yeah, the league, the actually from New York, the corporate offices. Do you think they do enough to take care of the guys? See, I, yeah, that's something I w- I wouldn't be able to tell you. You know, I don't want to give you any false information, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I mean, I think they do what they can. I mean, like I told you about the programs that's out there. I think they they look after the guys that's making them money. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the big name guys. But uh, you know, there are things out there you just have to research and look for it. You know, but there are people out there trying to scam you too. So you got to look for that too. Just like with all that loan stuff. I mean, when we had the lockout and they were giving all those loans. Yeah, with the high interest high interest rate and you know, guys stuff, are still yeah. paying off those loans. You know, I didn't need them. But, you know, guys are still paying off the loan. Yeah, that was one of the fascinating things to look at during that lockout was, like, this guy fell for a 30% interest yeah. rate. You're like, what the fuck? But he didn't have any money, so he didn't and have he, any And choice. he didn't have any problem. Yeah, he didn't have uh, yeah. the knowledge. He probably is somebody, somebody that trusted. I'm sure it's from a trusted source, too. Right, but but see, there's guys Man. that they're spending the money thinking, okay, yeah. when the season starts, it's going to come back all around again. Um, I heard, I was listening to Arian Foster on Joe Rogan's podcast, the Joe Rogan experience. And a lot of people feel a certain way about Arian Foster. You know, he might be the smart, he feels like he's the smartest guy in the room and all that stuff. I thought it was a fascinating listen. Um, and he talked about his time in college and he's been vocal about this before, but he had a great little story about how he wanted to major in astronomy. And his advisor said, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. First of all, you know, the classes. Second of all, you've got practice at this time, and all these classes are at a certain time. Did you run into any of that when you were in college where you wanted to do a certain thing, but because of your football schedule, because of the time and the labs or whatever, you weren't able to? Well, like I said, I started off in business. What you do, you sit down, you talk to your advisor, you tell them what you want to do. So I told them I, want to, I was interested in business. Okay. So that's what you know I signed up for. But once I got that 10 on that test and changed my major, I went back in there, I talked to my the uh, advisor, academic advisor, and I said, listen, these are the things that I'm interested in. Okay. You know, you know, well, let me pause right there. Would you have changed if you didn't have football to worry about would you have been able to hunker down and be like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to be a business major. Or was there the football side of things where you don't have time? Or you got the grade, the GPA you got to maintain? Well, well probably. So, I, I mean, if I can go back, I would have stayed with the, with the business okay. degree, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, I like business. And, uh, you know, everything that I do now is kind of like, you know, from what I, what I know and what I've seen. It's not from any formal, formal training or anything like that. But with the football schedule, I mean, yeah, you – you're you're up at six o'clock in the morning working out. You got eight o'clock classes. You there. You got classes at two fifteen. Then you got to go to practice. Practice at three. You're done with practice at five. You got to eat your dinner. You're done with your dinner by seven o'clock. Then you got to go meet with your your tutors and you got to go to you know the little academic stuff. You're not done until ten eleven o'clock at night. And then you got to do it all over again the next day. And it's constant. It's constant. So you don't have time to do anything. So you don't have time to do internship. You yeah. don't have time to to think about anything else but football. And you can't, you don't have the time to go down a major, a path that 
requires a lot. A lot. <laughs> you you really don't. I mean, of course, some guys do. Some, some guys, guys are able to do it. And that's it great. But yeah. for the most part, no. man, I can't even imagine. Like if you are if you are a mathematician major or you are in the sciences, it's set up for you to fail. Right. And there's so many guys. You know, they have the. You know, they they come to college because they want to play in the NFL, and, yeah. and school is the last thing. That's yeah. on their mind, man, because everybody has that mindset that I'm going to the NFL. Sure. And just, then by, like, the end of the first year, second year, you can kinda, those guys kind of weed themselves yeah. out where, like, okay, I need to worry about my academics. Yeah, now. I mean, you can tell whether you have a, a chance or not. It wasn't yeah. until my junior year. You know, I always played good, but, you know, as running back, was in three-man rotation, so you didn't get a lot of chances. But uh, it was until my junior year where I was making plays here and there and, and had a couple of good games, and the agents started calling me, and that's when I figured, okay, I got a yeah. decent chance, so. That's when I knew I had a chance at least to go to the NFL. Uh, how should it, current players? Uh, I don't know how many current players are ever going to listen to this, but if you could give them advice or take it, tell them to take advantage of something while they're in the league, what would you tell them to do? Obviously, I say save, save almost, try to save every dime you can make. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you have your living expenses. You want to have a good time, but save most of your money and do internships during the summer so you can start gaining some work experience. And that, that would be my yeah. that would be my thing. Man. It's a crazy, crazy thing yeah, to man. think about that and everything is just like the whole thing. It's not just NFL players, you know. It's college, in general, it's, yeah. It's, it's oh. College kids coming out don't know, can't figure out what they want to do, and they, they they're filling out applications, can't get a job, so you have to you know stand at home with their parents. So listen, it just I'm just telling you from my perspective yeah. what I've been through and what I know. So yeah, Ozer said agents were calling you during your junior year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was meeting. I was meeting with agents. Yeah, yeah, they, they come to your house, make a pitch. That was is that illegal or no? I don't know. I mean, they, you're just like, I, man, I'm. Yeah, trying, I'm yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Nobody's telling yeah. me anything, right? So I don't know how they got my cell phone, but they used to come to the apartment and make the little pitches and give me their packages and yeah. whatever. And yeah, I think after yeah after my my last game, that's when I decided to go with a certain agent because obviously you couldn't go. Uh, you could yeah you, you couldn't hire an agent or anything like that. But I graduated early just so I can train that second semester. So I graduated three and a half years. So I took a full load that summer. And then it took a full load my senior year, took 18 hours my It's like one of the worst kept year. secrets is, yeah, agents are giving players money and they're spotting you money. Some of them are Some spotting money. Some of them are. Money, oh, yeah. they are. Yeah. It's happening. You it's just happening. like a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it might ruin it for the next person right. or, you know, it kind of breaks the system. It, There's money being exchanged, guys. It's it, it definitely happening. But, yeah. You know, because. And I, they, they're pretty, they're good about it. They right. won't like just come up to you and say, Chris, here's a, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. They're not, they're not going to do no. anything like that, but they will, they will do it if they expect you to go to the first round or something like that. Because even the eight- game night with Matt Peralta. They're going to look to read. Something just happened. Right. Even the, no, you're good. No, it's hard. Jong is yeah. back there. Like, what are you doing, Jong? But yeah, even the agent that I had, I mean, he asked me, you know, did I want certain things? And I said, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't need As, anything. You don't want to get fucked. Yeah, 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 I don't want to do anything. I don't want you to do anything for me. I can, you know, I'm good. Chris, man, thank you so much. Man, thanks for time. having me, man. I, li- I like having this conversation. So hopefully we can do part three one day oh, soon, too. Man, such a fascinating thing. I have, and like, we haven't even dug into the actual workouts and nutrition. Yeah, see, we have to dig into that. Too. We have so to do that. Part three is coming. Part three of uh, Chris Taylor. He, this is. I, I enjoy talking to you. Yeah, uh, Chris, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Thank no, you for bringing man. some light uh, to uh, life after football. You're We're the putting, man. Uh, putting a little human emotion on players. I like it. I like it. Always empathy, you guys. Think about what they're going through. I know they got a little bit easier, but still, still, we got to help them out. Uh, Reheal Show podcast brought to you by Perfume Time Houston. Guys, stop paying retail for your perfumes and clones. Go holler at my dad. Say, hey, give me the Reheal discount. He's going to hook you up with a great price. Give him a call, 
1-800-242-5530. And you can call him and ask him, hey, do you have this one? Do you have this brand? Tom Ford, all the big ones. He's He's got you covered. And the women's perfumes, he's got them covered. And uh, if you have watch batteries you need to get replaced, you can go to him and he will help you out. And he also has big, uh, he has brand name watches. So get in there and uh, check out Perfume Time Houston. Just Google them and you will find all the information you need. H-Town Dental, four locations around the city. Uh, free cleaning and x-rays for Raheel Show podcast listeners. HTownDental.com. Book your appointment right now. Four locations across the city of Houston. HTownDental.com. Thank you so much, Chris Taylor. You can follow him, uh, follow him, CBTaylor27 on Twitter. All the information is in the bio. And uh, you, you'll... If people have questions, you can always you 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 answer everything. Yeah, so. I answer it, man. Listen, I don't care, man. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an open book. I don't try yeah. to keep any secrets. I just I want people to know what's going on. Absolutely. Try to help somebody else. And then the website, your uh, uh my sports recruiting yeah, website, sports recruiting yeah, website. Yeah, what so is it? Soulsports dot com. That's s o s p o r t z dot com. It's right. a high school sports recruiting website. Free website to help high school athletes gain exposure to college coaches. All right, so take care of it, guys. Get on there, soulsports dot com. Chris, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for you. Thanks, brother. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. The logistics of like, man, just the questions about this and that and the fucking. There's a lot of stuff, man. Time management.